Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. We are in this third week of October. It is the 19th of October, 2022, and I'm recording this. Sukkah has ended, and we are starting into these weekly Torah portions that I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to talk about them and relate them to everyday life. So this isn't just a Bible study or a study of scripture, although that's definitely what we do here. It's also much more. It is relating what we read in scripture to how we're supposed to live our life every day. And we are going to follow this first Torah portion. It's actually the final Torah portion for the year. Torah is divided up into small sections that the Jews read every week for synagogue. But they have taken the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, and divided them into these smaller portions. And today, we've, we've talked about this is the month of the new year for the Jews. And they wrap up Torah and start it again all on the same day. Because the study of God's word and learning to follow God and to hear his voice and allow him to move within our life is a never-ending process as long as we're here. So they wrap up with Deuteronomy 33 and 34 and then immediately go in and also read Genesis 1 through chapter 2 verse 3. So that's the portion that we're going to look at today and we're going to look at it through the lens of Jesus 2022 and what it means to really let our light shine as we're learning about God and what it means to kind of live this out. What does God's word have for us for today to better serve God's other children? That's where we're going to start. Thanks for joining me. And I got a pretty exciting announcement I'm going to give you at the end. But right now, let's dig into this text. So starting in Deuteronomy 33, this is the end of the journey out of the desert into the promised land. We're all pretty familiar with these stories, but this is like the last stand. God has determined that Moses cannot enter the promised land. And so God is basically saying, this is it. We're at the Jordan River. They're going to go into the Jordan River. You're going to come up into the mountain with me. So before Moses goes up into the mountain, he blesses the tribes. So we're going to read that, have a little bit of a discussion, and then we're going to jump over to Genesis 1. Deuteronomy 33 really begins with a statement saying, And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. From God's right hand went a fiery law for them, and God truly loves them. This is it. This is the, we're wrapping up this whole beginning story of how Israel came to be, the nation that it is. So it goes on and it starts these blessings and he calls them out by name. To Reuben, live and not be few. Okay. Judah. Listen, Lord, to the voice of Judah. Bring him to his people and let his hand be sufficient. And you, Lord, be a help from his enemies. And that's interesting because Judah, we know, 
looking back through the glass of history, which we have, because we know where this whole thing kind of goes, right? And Judah really becomes a leader. This is really very prophetic in that Judah is going to be a major leader for the nation of Israel, the tribe of Judah. And Moses is saying, Lord, listen to Judah, listen to the leaders in Israel. They're going to need your help. Give them their help from their enemies. The next blessing he gives is to Levi. And he talks to God. And he says, remember how he followed you, didn't care for his family, his siblings, his parents, his children, even. They wanted to observe your word and they will teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your Torah, accept the work of their hands and cut off those who hate them. So it's interesting that he mentions both Jacob and Israel. This is the same person. But Jacob represents their physical father, the physical side. We are physical. We have this duality. We're physical and we're spiritual. And Jacob represents their physical side. And he says, Levi will teach justice to Jacob. So their physical human people need to learn how to live with each other with justice. And then because they're spiritual, Levi will teach the Israelites, this nation of God, God's word, the Torah. Very interesting, very precise. The next blessing goes to Benjamin. Beloved of the Lord, he will dwell in safety by God and God will cover him and God will dwell between his shoulders. Benjamin is the archetype of the baby of the family. Benjamin was very cared for and protected. When Jacob was alive, God is going to continue to protect and keep him safe and secure. The next is Joseph. And Joseph is blessed of the Lord for the land, the choice things of heaven, the dew, the deep beneath, think minerals under the land, the yield of the sun, the produce of the months, the ancient mountains, the perpetual hills, the precious things of the moon, the earth and its fullness, the favor of God. He's a prince among his brothers who will push the people to the ends of the earth, the ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. And this is very profound in that basically he's saying Joseph has kind of been the forerunner, right? Joseph was sold into slavery, but because of that, he went to Egypt. And in Egypt, he was able to save them from the famine. Then when they were in Egypt, he protected them till he died. And then when they came out, now, as they move into the promised land, this continuation of this promise, Joseph is going to help them possess the land. He's going to push the people to the ends of the earth. He's going to push the Israelites to possess the land that God has given them. This land is occupied, and they have to push out the nations that are there. That's a really big, important blessing. So the next is Zebulun. And Zebulun's blessing is rejoice in going out. Okay. Then Issachar, rejoice in your tents from the righteous sacrifices will come an abundance of the sea and the treasures hidden in the sand. So Issachar is going to lead a beach life. Cool. Gad, blessed is he who enlarges Gad, a leader who executes God's justice and law with Israel. This is like God's muscle, where Levi's going to teach them, 
Gad is going to execute the law and justice within Israel. That's what Gad's role is, and that's pretty interesting. Next is Dan, a lion's cub who leaps from Bashan. Okay, a lion cub, a baby lion. Naphtali, he's satisfied with favor and full of the Lord's blessing, possessed the west and the south. Okay, check. And lastly, Asher, blessed above sons, let him be acceptable to his brothers. Dip your foot in oil, shoes of iron and brass, and your days, so will your strength be. That's another odd one. We're not going to take the time to unpack. But that is the blessings. That's all of them. And yes, there's some really interesting ones there that we talked about. But the most interesting thing is Simeon's not there. Simeon has been left out, ignored, pretended like he's not there, not present, not part of the group. And this goes back to when Dinah was raped. Dinah was the one daughter of Jacob, and they were traveling through the land, and one of the princes of a kingdom saw her, liked her, wanted her, and she's like, wait, 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 just ask my father. He will give me in marriage to you, and I will be yours. Don't do this. Well, he raped her anyway. Well, Jacob met with the king they came out with a, a deal where they would intermarry and they would, we'll have your wives, you have our wives, sons, whatever. The caveat was they all had to be circumcised. Because Jacob's like, we can't marry a guy who's not circumcised. We, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow this. This is our law. And this is a big one. <laughs> we can't violate it. And the king agreed, said, okay, we'll do it. And they did. They all got circumcised. But on the third day, Simeon and Levi got a bunch of people together and went in and slaughtered them all, killed all the men, killed them all. And Jacob was not happy. And Jacob said, you know, you have disgraced our name. You have labeled us as somebody untrustworthy. We gave our word. You violated it. And because of that, you violated it in such a violent, aggressive way. People are going to want to fight us much more than they would before. This was kind of like our opportunity to show the people in this, in these lands who we are and what we stand for. And you blew it. So when Jacob did his blessings for his sons, he really rebuked Levi and Simeon and told them basically they would have no land. They would be dispersed among their brothers. They would not really have a standing in Israel because of this act, because they had so marred the reputation. And you know, a reputation takes a long time to get, but it can be destroyed in an instant. And it was destroyed. Now, the difference is, you see, Levi got a blessing. Levi got that blessing because Levi changed his ways. The tribe of Levi became very passionate about learning God's word, following God's word, and doing right. Simeon didn't. And because Simeon chose not to write his ways, he didn't get a blessing. Now, the statement of Jacob stood. They were both dispersed. Levi got dispersed into all the tribes because God wanted a Levi in all the land. So Levi's living in every nook and corner of the promised land. Why? To teach Jacob justice and Israel Torah. 
so that Levi could teach them to put their physical person in check and treat people with justice, something Levi and Simeon didn't do when Dinah was raped, and then to learn God's word and how to serve God and to care of the godly statutes and orders and requirements that are in the Torah. So kind of the crux of this whole thing right here, what my big walk away is, A, justice is very important. We know we are physical and we are spiritual. And it's one thing that Christians do easily is, oh, we got to learn about God. We got to grow in God. We have to study our Bible. But we don't necessarily think about justice. We have to treat other people, God's other children, justly. That makes us different. That makes us bright, a bright light in the darkness when we want to treat people justly. And the beauty of the United States is it's ingrained in our Constitution. All men are created equal by God. Who are we not to treat them as a child of God? But not only that, your life is on a course and you have free will. Now, there are some things in your life that will probably still happen, right? God sent Israel into Egypt and brought Israel out of Egypt and nation. Jacob went in, Israel came out. And that course was kind of set by God. So there's some things that may be set by God. We don't know. Your free will comes into how you treat God's other people, how you choose to live your life, how you choose to be the light or play in the darkness and what that means. Now, after this blessing, God took Moses up into the mountain, showed him all the land, gave him a good like overview of where everything was. He died. God buried him. And the people wept for 30 days. And then they went into the promised land. And that wraps up the five books of Moses. Then we're going to flip over and go right to Genesis, to the beginning. We've looked at the blessing. Now we're going to look at the beginning and see how that connects to life today in 2022. Before we get into the Genesis portion of this week's Parsha, I just want to take a break here and remind you that this is a value for value podcast. I spend my time and I am a Bible geek. I have really enjoyed this. I spent lots of hours just digging into scripture. And it's really not a large portion of scripture. And it kind of concerned me how much time I was spending because there are some other sections that are a little bit longer. But I really love this. And yes, I really just scratched the surface of all the beauty that's in these verses so far, let alone what's to come. I spend my time doing this so that you can enjoy it and learn from it. And all I ask is if you get value, that you turn that value into a number and you go to elainecross.com and help produce this podcast. Producers help bring things to completion. Without producers, you would not have any of the TV shows, any of the movies, any of the plays, any of the major things that happen. They don't call them producers, but even what you give your church helps the church do what it does, helps pay the salary, helps pay the light bill, helps pay the people who pave the parking lot, all those little things. And all I'm asking you to do is turn the value you get from this podcast into a number and make a donation at elainecross.com. 
And by partnering with me as a producer, that frees me up to spend the time in the Word, in research, to bring it and provide it to you free. Because we both know that there are a lot of people in this dark world that need to learn some truth. And there are a lot of people who go to church that need something more. We don't get everything at church because we're supposed to continue to grow all the time. So I provide this to you for free so that you can help produce it and take credit with putting this out there so anyone can consume it freely without a paywall or a bunch of goofy advertisements that's going to help control what we talk about. I want you to control what we're talking about. If you make a donation, send me an email at donation at elainecross.com. And that'll get to me. You can ask me a question. You can make a comment. And as a producer, that is valuable to me. And I'll comment on it and I'll respond. Value for value. The value you're getting. Turn it into a number, whatever fits your budget. The only value I don't find acceptable is zero. Because I know it's worth more than nothing. Whatever fits into your budget is what works. So let's continue. We have finished Deuteronomy and we're going to roll over right into Genesis 1-1, which is the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, the spiritual and the physical. The physical was without form. It was void and there was darkness on the face of the deep. And the wind from God moved over the surface of the waters. It's pretty void. It's not much. And then we get into the days of creation. God said, let there be light, and divided the light from the darkness, evening and morning, one day. And then the firmament was in the midst of the waters, and God divided the waters from the waters, and that was day two. And then the waters under heaven gathered together and let the dry land appear, and the earth and the seas and grass and herbs and fruit trees, which are good for food trees yielding fruit with their seeds in them. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. It's really kind of cool. But it's interesting what I found what I, when I was looking at this was, it's almost like the natural state of water is a vapor. Water is very, very important. And I don't have time to get into it, but it really struck me and I, I spent a little time there. So that's the third day when the waters formed into seas and the earth appeared and the grass and the herbs and the fruit trees started to grow the fourth day. And then God said, we're going to put some lights in the firmament of the heaven. And they'll be for days and night signs and seasons, days and years to give light to the earth. So there'll be the greater light for the day, the lesser light for the night, and the stars too, to rule and divide. Isn't that interesting? God put in there, to rule and divide. And then we go on to the fifth day. Have the water swarm abundantly with moving creatures that have life, that the birds can fly, the crocodiles, every living creature, the water brought forth abundantly, and every winged bird was good, and God blessed it. Then he tells them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters, and the birds to fill the air, and that was day five. Day six. The earth bring forth creatures, living creatures, cattle, creeping things, and beasts, and it was good. He stops there. He says it was good. And then he goes on and says, let us make man, Adam, in our image, 
and our likeness. Let them dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, all the earth, the creeping things. And God created them male and female. And he blessed them and told them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish and the fowl and the living things on earth. Eat the herbs bearing seeds and the fruit trees bearing seeds. And all the animals were to eat the vegetation. God saw that everything was good that he had made. And that was the sixth day. This is where Genesis ends for chapter one, and it rolls over into chapter two. And we just look at the first three verses in chapter two, because that's really where this paragraph ends. Chapter two, verse one, thus the heavens and earth were finished and all their host. And by the seventh day, God had ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from his work, which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and performed. So we have this beautiful creation story. All these days, all these things God created and formed were good. And then when it was all done, he said it was very good. And then he rested. And it wasn't, we know, because God needed to rest. It was because he wanted us to rest. He wants us to rest in his finished work. There's a verse in Romans 28 that is quoted quite often. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purposes. And we often will quote that when we think of stressful times in our life, things that we don't know what the outcome's going to be. And we try to have faith knowing that faith is believing in the finished work of God. And we see that mostly in rest. And when life is chaotic and stress is high and emotions are high, one of the best things we can do is rest and pull back and trust God. We see that both in those last two chapters of Deuteronomy and this first full chapter of this first full paragraph in Genesis, where we as people in relationship with God need to trust him enough to let him move and lead and guide. Now, it doesn't mean you can't, you can sit on the sidelines and don't do anything. Well, God didn't do it. God didn't do it. You know, it's classic joke of the person stuck in the flood who's praying, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. And the firemen show up in the boat and they're like, come on, get in the boat. Like, no, I'm waiting for God to help me. The floods are rising and they go up to the second floor in the house and they're, God, help us, God, help us, God, help us. And some neighbors come by come on, get in the boat. It's, it's really getting bad. You're going to get washed out. No, I'm waiting for God to help me. Next thing you know, they're on the roof outside their house trying to cling to the chimney and a helicopter comes by. Come on, let's get you. Let's get you. Oh, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for God. God's going to help me. And they get to heaven and God says, why are you here? Well, why didn't you come and help me? Why didn't you meet me when I was at my greatest need? And God said, I sent the firemen and I sent your neighbors and I sent the helicopter. Sometimes our rest is in letting others help us. And I know that's hard because it's a risk and it takes trust. And oh, yeah, they might call you when they need something. And it might be inconvenient because, you know, the football game's on or I got to wash my car or (laughs) 
I got plans today. Yeah, but when somebody is in need, when a brother is in need, we need to be available. If we're going to be the light and be different and love like they have never been loved before, not because they're great people, but because they're children of God, whom God has placed in your path, God has put before you. And I'm not saying you have to do everything for everybody. That's ridiculous. And there are some people that feel like they have no value or worth unless they're doing something for someone else and their own life is falling apart. They're not taking care of their own business. They have to learn the word no. But there's a balance in there. You can't be isolated, but you have to be connected. So you can have those two extremes where you're so isolated, you can't risk asking anyone for help and you push people away. You keep everybody kind of at an arm's length or the people that are so wrapped up in serving other people, they're not taking care of their house or they're, they're so overly stressed and they're bringing a bunch of garbage home with them or they're looking in the mirror and they're not seeing the value that God placed in them for who they are as an individual. When you get into the middle and you know that balance and you take care of yourself and you take care of the others that God put in your life within a reasonable buffer, because sometimes you just have to say no. Sometimes you just can't help somebody. And when that happens, usually it grieves us like, man, I really wish I could help, but I gave my word. Like Jacob, when Dinah was raped, what a horrific experience. You're in this different country, you're living in tents, you're a hurting family and you're moving around and all of a sudden this happens and how do you deal with it? You navigate the best choice, the best decision, the best solution to this really bad situation. And then somebody else comes in and decides, nope, you're not doing it good enough. I'm gonna come in and do it my way. It makes it a whole lot worse, right? We don't wanna be that person going in and making it a whole lot worse. We want to be able to navigate the big issues in our life. And the best way to do that is to lean into God and to rest in God. The Jews take Saturday, the seventh day, and rest. A lot of Christians take Sunday, and and certainly it was more traditional that everything was closed on Sunday because Christians didn't want to do anything on Sunday. And the New Testament says to someone who takes a day, take the day. If somebody doesn't honor the day, don't honor the day. But you have to honor people for their conscience and where they're at. And you have to rest. When we rest in God and we trust God with directing us and leading us, we stop looking at the problem and start looking at God. Often what God will do, he'll lead us to a place in his word and he'll lead us to a person to help or he'll lead a person to us to help. But sometimes you got to say, hey, I need help with this. I can't, I can't do it on my own. I've been trying to do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. Individually, we have to be a light. Together, we can be a city on a hill. And that takes knowing justice, treating people justly, treating people with justice, voting for people who will treat people justly, who will write laws and statutes full of justice and studying God's word, learning God's word, following his precepts. 
we're physical, we're spiritual, we're this duality. And we have to balance those dualities as we navigate life here in the earth. We can't deny one for the sake of the other. And we can't get wrapped up in my way or the highway kind of things. Now, there's no doubt there are points in our life when God takes us to the limit. And he says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And there seems like there's no way out. We can take it on ourselves and act like Simeon and Levi, or we can keep pushing through. We just talked about this last week, you know, that got to the Red Sea and God says, why are you asking me? Tell the Israelites to move forward. Keep moving. God said he'll direct your path. Well, if he's going to direct your path, you actually have to be moving somewhere. You can steer a ship as long as it's not in harbor, tied up to the dock, right? You can look at a trail and you can take the path and move down the path and then decide, oh, do we go right or do we go left? You know, up, we go down, we go whatever. But if you're not moving and if you're just standing there looking at the path, you're not doing anything. Well, what we've learned today is that not only are we physical and spiritual, but sometimes we get to the point where it looks like the path has ended. We have to go, okay, God, what now? And not just make an urgent, immediate decision. Seek God, seek counsel of others, and then move forward. Well, thanks for joining me today. This has been a very interesting study, and I'm looking forward to continuing it. I do have, as I mentioned in the beginning, I do have a special episode coming up that I'm going to post rather quickly. We were having dinner at the crosses and we had some discussion. So I asked, we started recording it and there's some very interesting things. Now, there are some cuss words in it. I haven't decided how I'm going to deal with that. If I'm going to beep them out, if I'm going to just leave them in and post it as adult content, some cuss words or what? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. That's why I haven't posted it yet. So I'm really excited to provide this because we do talk about everyday struggle in America in 2022 as a child of God. And it is a very, very interesting discussion, and I know you will enjoy it. So Look for that. It's going to come out within the next couple of days. I'm not going to wait a whole week to post it. It's going to be extra long. It's well over an hour. You can re- listen to part of it and pause it. I might break it down into three different units. I haven't decided yet. Um, haven't I? I've been wanting to do this. I'm just not sure how I'm going to work it all out. So the details are a little fuzzy. If you have an idea of how you want it presented just send me an email at donation at elainecross.com and I'll get the email and I'll look at it and see if what you suggest makes good sense and it probably will because I'm asking for help. So I trust God to send somebody to help me make these decisions because I'm not really sure what you want. And I know when you see a timeline for a podcast and it's over an hour, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to listen to an hour or I don't have time to listen to an hour. It's going to take me three days. Do you want me to divide it up? Do you want me to keep it whole? I don't know. And I think I'll ask the other people that were at dinner what they think. 
and I'll get it out to you as soon as I can. But remember, go to elainecross.com. You can see what I have there. I have some books in my bookstore and I have other episodes. I have show notes and make a donation. And when you make a donation and you partner with this, send me a note at donation at elainecross.com and I'll get it and I'll respond to you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know if you're really connected to God, you know a little bit about God, you attended church when you were a kid, but you don't really sure about that today, go to elainecross.com slash Jesus and get my free ebook, Connecting to Your True Power Source. And that will help you navigate what this means and get you started as you start to seek a personal relationship with God. For next week, so we're going to do this once a week, throw in some interviews in between, but for next week, we are going to read the beginnings, the whole section. And that goes from Genesis 1-1 through Genesis 6-8. So if you want to follow along, you want to read ahead, study it ahead while I'm studying it, and then you can listen to what I have to say and compare it to what you found. Because God wants to speak to you personally, you should study his word personally. You should read it. Ask him, what do you have for me today? What do you want to show me? When I'm studying it for this podcast, I study it and I say, okay, God, what do you want me to share with your children? What do you want me to share with your people that relate to living out your light in 2022? That's a very different ask. It's a very different answer. So take the time, ask God, what do you have for me this week in your word? And then read Genesis 1 1 through chapter 6, verse 8. And there's obvious, clear ending mark because the next one is Noah. So, all right. On that note, thanks for joining me. Till next time.